This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Sometime they'll listen. Sometime they'll learn. Sometime they'll understand that Chris Canty knows exactly what he's talking about. (laughs) And as a result, the Philadelphia Eagles are not Super Bowl champions today. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not not Jonathan Gannon's finest moment, what we saw in the second half of that game. Am I correct in saying that, partner? Oh, you are more than correct. You are underselling it. But Canty, I mean, dear God, there is so much to tackle from this game. And in case you didn't just hear Christine, the Super Bowl MVP, the two-time league MVP, Patrick Mahomes, will join us about three hours from now, 6.20 p.m. Eastern time it is canty and carlin on espn radio and on the erie espn app sirius xm channel 80 we are presented by progressive insurance we will start where the only place to start is canty i understand it was a penalty Mm. it's inexcusable to make the call at that point when it has been called one way all night long all we ever ask from our officials is for consistency There was not one holding call on either side the entire night. The play in question, the hold on Juju uh, Smith-Schuster by James Bradbury at the end of the game, which in essence ended the game, allowed the Chiefs to run out the clock and take away any opportunity that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles would have had with about a minute and 40 and a timeout to come back down the field and either tie it or win it was robbed from us by an inexcusably timed ticky-tack penalty call by the officiating crew last night. Well, Carlin, I don't think any sports fan outside of Kansas City is happy that the refs threw the laundry last night in that situation. Uh, I mean, there's got to be a tremendous amount of heat coming Carl Sheffer's way for officiating the game for about the first 59 minutes one way and then the last minute deciding that they were going to call that defensive holding penalty. But, Carlin, the reality is it was a penalty. There were two separate holds by James Bradbury in the route that Juju Smith-Schuster ran. There's no question about it. There was one hold on the whip route move, and then there was one hold when he turns it upfield to the end zone. I mean, you can see it clear as day. His left hand is grabbing the back of his jersey, and I think you can see it even clearer because he's wearing green gloves or black gloves, and the Kansas City Chiefs have on white jerseys. That's certainly not one of those things that you want to do if you're a defensive back, wear dark gloves when the other team has on white jerseys for that specific reason because it makes it an easier call for the official. But, Carlin, under that situation, you got to throw the flag because – Quite frankly, it was a penalty, and it was a a consequential moment. If he doesn't hold Juju Smith-Schuster, there's a chance that Juju catches a touchdown from Pat Mahomes. And so Uh, I just – I I can't – I can't – Carlin, I I can't criticize the refs in that situation for throwing the flag and determining the outcome of the game when I didn't criticize the refs at the end of the AFC championship game when Joseph Asai pushed Pat Mahomes out of bounds and they threw the unnecessary roughness flag. If I'm not going to criticize him in that one, I'm certainly not going to do it here. And I'm not going to – listen, I I will criticize him in the other one because that was blatant and that was stupid. And this was not blatant. And this was a moment that while it was a penalty – they had not made that call all night long. And and 
here's how I know it wasn't blatant. Juju Smith-Schuster did not even remotely react. He did not turn to anybody. He did not throw his arms in the air. After the play was over, he was running toward the sideline, and oh my, there's a penalty. Let's hear from some of the principals involved, though. Here's James Bradbury on the play. I mean, that's not up for my judgment. You know, I, I was hoping he would let it go, but of course, you know, he's a ref. It's a big game, um, and it was, it was a hold, so they called it. And I give him all the credit in the world for admitting it was a hold. Yep. But that's, that's not the issue that's in question today. We know that. We, I think you and I both agree it's a penalty, but it's not a penalty that is egregious enough that it should rob us of an even more entertaining game and take away any opportunity that the Eagles had in that spot. Well, Carl, and everybody wanted to see what Hurts was going to do if he got the ball in that situation, right? Everybody wanted to see it because Hurts hadn't been in that situation very often this season. But we saw it with about five minutes to go in the fourth quarter when they needed a touchdown drive with the two-point conversion to tie it up. What did he do? Methodically marched the offense downfield, punched it in, and then he called his own number for uh, for the, not only the touchdown run but for the two-point conversion. So we wanted to see what would happen if Jalen Hurts got the ball back less than two minutes to go in the timeouts we were robbed of that opportunity but we weren't robbed by the officials in that situation Carlin we were robbed by the defense of the Philadelphia Eagles because we can go over that penalty call chapter and verse quite frankly the Eagles defense should not have been in that situation because a few plays before that Carlin the Eagles defense let Pat Mahomes out the gate for a 26 yard scramble when they rushed Five defensive linemen, Carlin. Count them. Five defensive linemen. Carlin, under those circumstances, when you're playing cover one, end of the game, you're rushing five, you have to have better rush lane integrity. There's no way that you should let a quarterback break out of the pocket when you got five pass rushers, and not just any pass rushers, five defensive linemen. Carlin, it's something that just can't happen. As a former defensive lineman, when the D.C. dials up that play, you understand, hey, We got guys on the back end running with their backs turned. If this quarterback gets out, there's not going to be anybody to stop him. He's probably going to hit his head on the goalpost. If Pat Mahomes wasn't out there with one leg, he probably would have scored a touchdown because nobody was looking. As a defensive line, you can't let him out. And, Carlin, I got to tell you, when I looked at that replay and I looked at the All-22 film and the tight copy, there are some guys on that defensive line that are just dogging it in that situation. They're loafing. It doesn't look like championship effort at all. So if anybody in Philadelphia wants to blame somebody for that final sequence or you got problems with the penalty that Carl Sheffers and his crew called on James Bradbury, go back and look at the quarterback scramble by Pat Mahomes and what the defensive line for the Eagles did. Because it's gonna, absolutely egregious. It should not have happened. I'm not going to argue that. It should not have been in it's that it's situation. It's one of the most consequential plays in the game. I'm not going to argue that, but so was this. And they got to that point. You're right. You can't put yourself in that spot, but they did. And then they came up with the stop on third down. They came up with a stop, and they did it in an instance that, to me, is just absurd. And I'm not the only guy who feels this way. Listen to John Perry, ESPN rules analyst, earlier today on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Technically, there is a shirt grab. The angle is perfect perfect for that deep wing official to see the shirt grab, but does it impact the play? Does it affect the route? Does it take a step away? Does it pull a shoulder back? Mm-hmm. 
I would say no. And we allow so much activity within that first yard, both offensive and defensively. I didn't like the call. I see why it was made, but I personally, at that moment, no. I did not like the call. And Canty, listen, that's the point to me. I don't think there's no way Juju's catching that ball. And I've texted with coaches and players, probably five or six different people around the league today, and universally that is the sentiment on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, that in that spot it did not alter how it played out, and that's why it shouldn't have played that way. But let's bring in Herm Edwards right now and discuss this a little bit further. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average call or click today and find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance herm of course espn nfl analyst joins us right now all right herm should he have made the call or not well i I think when i when i look at the play by him holding him it didn't he didn't create an advantage where the player couldn't make the play he wasn't going to make that play did he hold him yeah look i i played that position and I think during the course of the game, you find out early when the officials are officiating, especially those bad guys, how they're calling it. And generally in a play like that, because no one got advantage of what happened, you don't have to call it, but he did. And he, he has the right to call it because it was holding. He grabbed it. But, but here again, you know, it's one of those situations that at the end of the game and everyone's saying, well, that made the difference. And I'm not going to say – I'm not going that far. I just think that when I looked at this game – far as secondary wise the Eagles defenders lost leverage numerous times in this game and it mm. cost them it cost them dearly especially in the red zone especially in the red zone what they were trying to do in the red zone I was scratching my head and was going you gotta be kidding me this ain't gonna work it ain't never worked in the history if I got him he got him you got him touchdown chief that's what <laughs> was happening when I watched it so I mean and I'm watching it from the position I play now I'm not talking about coaching I'm just talking about the position I play. <laughs> I'm watching that and going, they got no shot. They got no shot to cover this. They got two guys wide open, guys that walked into the end zone just because of the coverage of what they were trying to do. Yeah, not Jonathan Gannon's finest moment, the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. But, but Herm, oh. I wanted to – I wanted to ask you this, because one of the things that gets lost in the Chiefs winning their second Super Bowl yeah. in, in three years is the performance that we got from Jalen Hurts. What did you make of the game that he oh. played and how he handled himself in the post-game press conference? Look, he's magnificent. Are you kidding me? He's everything you want as quarterback. And, and I think his greatest improvement this season was his ability to throw the ball with accuracy and touch. In that game, he made a couple throws. I was like, oh, boy. Right? And it, look, guys, if the Eagles win that game, he's the MVP. The problem is he was playing against the other MVP that actually won it in the season and then won it in the Super Bowl again. So, I mean, no, he, he, was, he was magnificent. I mean, he carried the team. I mean, the, the costly fumble was costly. We, we can't lose track of that. But just the way he played after the fumble, he put the team on his back and good for the coach because the coach – actually ran him and said, you know what? Don't put your head down because the next play you're running the football. He put the team on his back. Guys, they lost 38 to 35. Are you kidding me? Canty and Carla with Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst. He, he was absolutely brilliant last night. And you mentioned the other guy. Herm, 
have have we ever seen anything like this before in what we have with Patrick Mahomes? Well, no, in this sense, it's because of the era that the game is played at now with the ability to throw the ball. And this guy is just a lot. I mean, everybody's playing checkers and he's playing chess. That's just how he plays. And he's got arm talent. He has accuracy. He has poise in the pocket. Um, he has different arm angles. He can throw the football. And it's, it's fun to watch because the guy's painting a beautiful picture. And I think, you know, in the, I mean, he's only 27 years old. So just add up the numbers. If the guy plays 10 more years, he's 37 years old. There's no telling what he's going to accomplish. And the great part of it is this. Andy lets him, he just lets him be Picasso. He just lets him paint. That's what's great about it. Between him and Kelsey, guys, we say it every week. You got to stop 87. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody in the National Football League can stop 87. Everybody says he's going to throw it to 87. He throws it to 87. (laughs) Herb, I need you to take your player hat off and put your coach hat on. When we look at coaches like Bill Walsh with the West mm. Coast offense and Don Coriel, who was recently elected into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. You, you, hear, you hear about those systems that those coaches innovated in the National Football League, the Air yeah. Coriel system, the West Coast offense. Yeah. When it's all said and done, will we look at Andy Reid and the innovations that he made in today's game, in this era of football, similarly to what we saw from some of the greatest coaches from yesteryear? Uh, I would say yes because of the quarterback. Because he's allowed the quarterback to play. A- Andy is a guy that gathers information from his players and puts them in the best position to play quarterback. And look, Andy's had some good quarterbacks. He had Donovan McNabb, good quarterback, right? He, he had Michael Vitzel. I mean, he's had some guys. This one that he has now, oh, he's different, guys. And you talked about Coriel and, and those guys and Walsh. I played against those guys. Okay, I, I saw the system. I saw that West Coast offense. Andy comes kind of out of that system a little bit because he was in Green Bay with those coaches, right, that came mm-hmm. out of the West Coast system. But he's taking it to a different level, and what's allowed him to do that is the quarterback. Herm Edwards with us, ESPN NFL analyst. Herm, as, as we're dealing or talking about Andy, the rest of that mm-hmm. team – there is a relationship there with that coach, the likes of which you don't see very often. What is it about Andy with the rest of those guys that just seems to connect? Because you see guys virtually in tears when they're talking about playing for him. Because he has no ego. Andy, and remember, Andy's an old offensive line guy. And, and, and you know, and, and it is stern. Um, he has direction. He, 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 allow, he, 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 he allows them to have recess with structure. Now, there's structure, but there's recess. And, and players, they respect that. They like that. There's a discipline about this team, but he lets them have some free recess, right? And Andy is just one of those guys, when you've been around him, I've known him for a long time, you want to play for a guy like that. He takes care of his players. Herm, we appreciate the time. It was a fantastic game. Thanks again so much for joining us. My pleasure, man. Thank you. Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst. And listen, that that's something that struck me, the relationship there between Andy and the players. But, um, you know, just going back to what uh, Herm was saying, I, I think that's what, uh, at the very beginning, about the play. Mm. I mean, 
Chris, you I know you wanted to follow up what I was saying before. It's just one of those things where I'm going to have trouble for a long time even understanding that by and usually I'm I'm a by the letter of the law guy. Yeah. And I, and I'm like I the tuck rule at the time mm-hmm. according to the letter of the law, I felt like it was the right call. This one it, because it was if you went by the letter of the law. This one I I can't go by the letter of the law when I haven't called it that way. Well, here's what I will say, Carlin. The overturned catch by Devontae Smith at the end of the first half, that that was more consequential to the Eagles losing that game than the James Bradbury defensive holding call. And I'm going to tell you why. If you're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles going into halftime with a 27-14 lead as opposed to a 24-14 lead, I think it changes the complexion of the game a little bit, and it allows that Eagles pass rush to get heated up a little bit more. Because remember, the Kansas City Chiefs never had to become one-dimensional on the offensive side of the ball. They were able to stay with the run game and, quite frankly, bullied the Eagles' defensive front when it came to running the football, especially in the second half. So if you move the game a little bit further out of reach, if it becomes more of a two-touchdown game as opposed to a field goal and a touchdown, then, Carlin, I think – the complexion of the game would allow the Eagles to be more aggressive when it came to heating up that pass rush. Credit with the Chiefs' offensive line. They kept those guys at bay all night long. One of the things that I was surprised with, Carlin, the Eagles' pass rush that had 70 sacks in the regular season only contacted Pat Mahomes twice within the pocket. Twice. No five hits all night. Yeah, they only contacted him twice within the pocket. So, I mean, when, when, when 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 you put that... In the context of what we saw in the heroics from Pat Mahomes, you, you, you start to lean toward putting the lion's share of the blame as to why the Eagles came up short on the defensive side of the ball. There hasn't been a team, Carlin, that has scored 35 points in the Super Bowl and lost. That just goes to show you how great the performance was by Pat Mahomes and how bad the performance was by the defense of the Eagles. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We are just getting started. So, so much to get to, including the Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes, who is going to join us three hours from now at 6.20 p.m. Eastern Time. Up next, the three most consequential calls, or not calls, excuse me, plays of the game, none of which were the penalty at the end of the game. We're going to tell you about that, but we also want to hear from you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your take on how it all unfolded with the calls at the end of the game. The one specific one, the Juju Smith-Schuster, what do you call it, James Bradbury hold in that spot. It's got me, the whole thing's got me flustered. It's got you flustered. I'm so annoyed by the whole thing. (laughs) It's got me flustered. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. As far as Mr. Mahomes is concerned, there's really no more discussions to be had about where he stands, not just in the league right now. The man could quit tomorrow and he'd walk into Canton. It's amazing what he's done. We'll talk more about that in a bit. He will join us, Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl 57, MVP at 6.20 p.m. Eastern Time. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. Canty, they're lined up. Let's hit them. They want to talk about the play. Here is Mark up first on ESPN Radio. Mark, what's going on, bud? Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Great, We're Mark. good, Mark. We're good. I'm sorry. I have a little trouble hearing you. Uh, Mr. I got a couple of three questions for you. Back in Mr. Carlin, who did you pick to win the Super Bowl? I picked the Eagles by two touchdowns. That was off. Mr. Canty, who did you pick to win the Super Bowl? Oh, Mark, you know I took the Eagles, and I was wrong. I was wrong on so many fronts about how that game would play out. The, the, the last question is, whenever you have Mr. Home, Mr. Mahomes on there, will you please let him know who you all chose to pick the Super Bowl? Well, tell probably, him. Probably, sure probably not going to do that, Mark. I'm sure he's not going to care because he's celebrating his second Lombardi trophy over the last four years. I, I mean, Carlin, this is a historic start to a career. I, I don't think anybody's going to deny that. No. I, I, just, I was surprised that Pat Mahomes would be able to impact the game on one leg the way that we saw him against that Eagles pass rush. Carlin, a big reason why... I picked Philly in this game is because I thought they were the more physical of the two teams by far. Mm-hmm. And it certainly didn't play itself out that way, Carlin. No, it I mean, did you not. You talked about the Eagles' defensive line barely even touched Pat Mahomes in the pocket when he dropped back the pass. Only two quarterback hits 
in the pocket for that Eagles D-line on Pat Mahomes. And That's look, unacceptable. You're not going to win a lot of games that way. But the other part to this is the Kansas City Chiefs outrushed the Philadelphia Eagles. Who had that on the bingo card? I yep. certainly didn't. I mean, well, the, the Chiefs had 158 yards rushing on 26 attempts, Carlin. Do the math. That's over six yards a pop. The Philadelphia Eagles were held under four yards a carry. So I, I didn't anticipate that that would be the case. But that's what we saw on Super Bowl Sunday, and that's a big reason why Kansas City won the damn game. And the offensive line's not getting enough credit for it. They were, st- were getting uh, overshadowed by the Philadelphia offensive line, which had been amazing all year and actually played pretty well in the game. But the, the Chiefs were better. They were just better. And listen, th- they were no slouches going in. Because they were second in pass block rate when in the league, uh, you know, prior to the game. So it's not like they were bad at all. This was a group that went out there and completely took control of that game in both ways. Ben, South Carolina, next on ESPN Radio. Ben, what do you got? Hey, happy Super Bowl Monday. And Colin, to say that. Y'all may recollect, as a Ravens fan, we got a lot of heat after the 2012-2013 uh, Super Bowl when Jimmy Smith was maybe a little too touchy-grabby on Michael Crabtree, but you don't throw the flag again when a cornerback and a wide receiver have been battling all game. They know what they can get away with, and clearly the Eagles cornerback have been getting away with that all game. I, I assume I, I don't I watch the game typically that close all the time, but... You know, hats off to the Chiefs. They were a true team of destiny. Um, hats off to Mahomes. And I hope Lamar Jackson can get there one day. It'll be interesting for Lamar, and I'm sure that's something we're going to talk about later in the week when it comes to contracts for sure. Yeah. But all I ever want from officials is consistency. That's yeah. it. And I didn't get that yesterday. Well, I That's think, what bothers me the most. I think a big big su- surprise for the players in that circumstance, even Juju Smith-Schuster to some degree, was you know, the, the refs hadn't been calling it that way all game long. And so when you were talking about Juju not reacting, well, there was certainly an instance where we, he reacted on one of the earlier third downs where Pat Mahomes tries to get it to him on an inbreaker and the ref doesn't throw the flag and the DB from the Eagles is all over him. If he's not going to get the call and hadn't been getting the call all game, he's probably not going to react in that situation just because he knows he's or he's not anticipating getting that call. So I hear what you're saying, Carlin. But in a more and crucial a, spot, and, he would speak up, wouldn't he? Not Carlin, I'm telling you, man, as a former player, if you're not getting those calls throughout the game, you're surprised if you get one at the end of the game. Like as a defensive lineman, if they're letting you knock the hell out of the quarterback and then they call a ticky-tack roughing the passer call under that circumstances, you're going to be shocked. So, I mean, th- there was a little bit of surprise from players on both sides, the fact that that call came down, the fact that they saw a flag for defensive holding when you hadn't seen any holding calls all game long. But, yeah, in that situation, you don't like it as a sports fan because you want to see what happens if Jalen Hurts gets an opportunity. But we can't criticize the refs for calling a holding penalty that actually took place. I can, and I will. <laughs> I absolutely will. How about Chris in Arizona next on ESPN Radio? Chris, what do you got? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, Mr. Canty, I think you addressed one of these things I'm about to, t- uh, to address right now. But I just got a question, a rhetorical question for you first. And that is this, and I'll tell you why I'm asking it after. So if you were going into a game and you were given a choice between having five calls or non-calls go in your favor or 
one in your favor, you would probably pick five. So here's what's, here's what's driving me absolutely nuts is that no one is talking about the three missed um, delays of game that were not called. And one of them was so late on the snap that I was able to jump up out of my chair and yell, the time ran out, and it still didn't get called. Nope. So one got called, yep, and then there's this. The, the officials overturned that catch and fumble that was going to be returned for another score. They overturned that, and Art, Art wouldn't you say It wasn't that? a catch. It wasn't a, it wasn't a catch. He oh, didn't come make on. a football move. What are we talking about? The delay of games, man. Stop it, Chris. Let's the, stop, let's stop Chris, reaching for please stuff. Please explain, explain to Chris why the delay of game thing is a completely legitimate uh, ruling that the officials made by not calling it. Well, just so everybody understands this, this is not the NBA shot clock, okay? The delay of game, there's two um, monitors for the play clock at each end zone uh, and and the, the referees are looking at that play clock and they're looking at the ball. And the play clock has to be double zeros. They're going to turn around and look back at the ball. And if the ball has been snapped, then it's a legal play. If the ball hasn't been snapped, then it's a delay of game. And most of the time, the Eagles were taking it right up to that line and right in between that beat between the ref looking at the play clock and then getting his eyes back on the football, it was being snapped. That has been their operation all season long. So it's not a delay of game penalty. There was one instance where I think Nick Sirianni got a little nervous and burned a timeout because he was afraid of getting a delay of game. But there wasn't no missed delay of games or non-called delay of games. You got to stop with that stuff. Let's stop reaching. There were enough things there for us to talk about without reaching for phantom delay of game penalty calls. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. We told you a moment ago there were three plays in that game that were more consequential than what happened at the end. We'll tell you about those, more of your calls, and don't forget, Patrick Mahomes will join us 6.20 p.m. Eastern Time, a little under three hours from now. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. She was awesome. I thought how she about, was fantastic. Carlin, how about using the halftime show for the Super Bowl as your <laughs> announcement that you're pregnant and having That's a another flex. baby? That's a flex. That, that is an absolute flex. <laughs> and she didn't bring on anybody else during her performance. All she needed was her backup dancers and her baby, and they were all good. But it was a hell of a performance 
by Rihanna. Hell of well, a as, as you pointed out beforehand, uh, Jay's not going to join her, given the history there. See, I didn't take it there. I don't know why you put that on the airways. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> touching that, Carlin. That is all you. That is all you. <laughs> all right, listen. We know there's history there all the way around. That's all. I, that is I, Chris Carlin it, and not Chris Canty. I am not touching that. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. I am treating ESPN. that like the Eagles defensive line treating <laughs> Pat Mahomes. I ain't touching it. Well, not touching it. Look, the three. There were three plays in this game, other than the play itself with the uh, penalty called against James Bradbury, that were consequential to me, mm. and they they wouldn't necessarily be ones that you would uh, deny the importance of. Number one for me, uh, and this is not in an order of importance, this is an order almost in which they happened, Mm -hmm. okay? Number one's the fumble. And the fumble by Jalen Hurts that gets returned for a touchdown. Now, my problem here, Chris, is that there is um, an opportunity on that drive, the, the uh, Chiefs basically had not stopped them and were having trouble. They had the ball, the Eagles had the ball at midfield and had every opportunity to put together yet another long drive. I mean, they put together four drives of over 60 yards on the night, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, so with that being the case, I if the Eagles go up 21-7 in that spot as opposed to letting the game get tied at 14 or even... 17-7, I know they had a 10-point lead at the half. You could completely change the dynamic of that game. You know, they, they find themselves back 24-7. They're, they're not coming back from that at that point. They're not. Okay. That's so, number one. That's number one. Number right. two is the punt return. The punt return, well, which came first, the Mahomes run or the punt return? The punt return came the, first. The punt return came first. That's what I thought. Um did we uh, make sure that we didn't find any blocks in the back on that play? Because there are blocks <laughs> in the back on every punt return that we ever see, right? But yeah. Kadarius Tony made an amazing play to circle back around uh, to the right side, and that was just absolutely spirit-crushing at that point for the Eagles. I thought that went a long way uh, in regards to that. I mean, we were setting them up first down and goal at the five with the Chiefs. You just The one thing that you know, no matter what the score is, is that you cannot make things easy for them at all. You cannot make a mistake like that, and, mm-hmm. and that was crushing. And then the Mahomes run. The, the, the run itself, just it's going to be a signature Super Bowl moment for Patrick Mahomes in his career, you know, because here's a guy that had the ankle injury going in. Uh, he had aggravated it in the AFC Championship, and he had aggravated it last night. And he still had enough in the tank to get away from Hassan Reddick and turn upfield and outrun him the entire way and get 25 yards out of the play. Those three plays, to me, were ultimately why the Eagles lost the game. Although, if this sounds odd, I understand it. I hate the fact that it was decided at the end how it was. Yeah, so I'm with you on a couple of those, Carlin, but he, here are the three plays that led the way for the Eagles or that opened the door for the Eagles to lose that game because I feel like as much as we talk about Pat Mahomes' greatness, we also got to talk about the Eagles leaving that door open for yeah. Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs to have a chance at the end of it. But here are three plays that if they go the Eagles' way, that we're probably talking about a different result this afternoon. Number one, 
the Isaac Sayamalu false, false start. It was third and short. Uh, it ends up being a situation where he jumps off sides. All of the Chiefs defenders stand up. Ends up being third and six. They call a draw play, and that's the play that Nick Bolton forces the fumble. 36-yard scoop and score for a touchdown. Keeps Kansas City within striking distance. So that's number one. Number two, Carl Sheffers and his crew overturning the catch by Devontae Smith uh, at the end of the first half. Carl, and I want to say it was a 35-yard grab that would have brought the Philadelphia Eagles down to the 13-yard line. And mm-hmm. they ended up overturning that play. It ends up being a situation where the Eagles had to settle for a field goal as opposed to being able to punch it in for a touchdown. Time was working against them in that instance. And then, Carlin, the scramble. The quarterback scramble on the final drive, it just can't happen in that situation. You're playing cover one. You're rushing five defensive linemen. So the interior three, which are all defensive tackles, you're rushing those guys, Javon Hargrove, Jordan Davis, and Indomitian Sue, if I'm not mistaken, and then you're firing both outside linebackers. They've got to find a way to keep Pat Mahomes caged and not let him out because everybody in the defensive secondary is running with their back turn. They let him get out. It's a 26-yard scramble that gets the ball into the red zone and then ultimately allows the Chiefs to milk the clock and kick the game-winning field goal as time expires. Just can't happen, Carlin. And so those are the three plays. If they go Philadelphia's way, we're probably talking about the Eagles winning and Hurts being MVP of the Super Bowl. Kenton Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, there are so many different aspects of the game that are fascinating, but it's all boiling down to one play. Should the penalty have been called? We discuss more next. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.